The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and co-host Fred Fornicola. Our program discusses the facts about chronic health conditions and shows you remedies that work. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Hello, Tom Mantos speaking in nutrition and my sidekick, the mighty Fred Fornicola. <laughs> Hello, Thomas. Welcome, everybody. Tom, I'm, I, like this, I like this topic we have for today. This is uh, nutrition for the recreational and competitive athlete. That's and what we're doing? We are. Okay. I like that one. Well, yeah. That's my favorite. Most people, you, you don't need to be an athlete to, to appreciate this podcast because right. we're going to go through a lot of stuff to, we're going to talk about nutritionally how you can optimize your recovery and, and, and enhance your peak performance. And that's really the, the, the goal of what we're going to try and do today. So what we did was we kind of, we broke it up into a few categories out, well, just to distinguish and Tom and I will discuss uh, nutritional ways to go about enhancing your performance. So here are the five categories that we we, we uh, divvied up to. So we're, we're looking at strength-based activities, which if you think about strength-based activities, it's a very high output of intensity with a very short duration. So think terms of uh, lifting weights or sprinting, that type of mentality. Then we have endurance-based uh, activities, low output of intensity, very long duration. Think marathon runners, long-distance runners, long-distance cyclists. Then we have another one that's kind of in between. It's a metabolic-based activities. So you have a relatively high output of intensity and short, shorter durations. So you think about wrestling matches, boxing matches, grappling, things of that nature. And then we have another category. It's a sports-based category, which is a mixture of intensities because you have longer duration like soccer, basketball, field hockey, rugby, where you have endurance and you have sprinting in between. So we have a little mixture there. And then for the fitness-based activities, this is a mixture of intensities and mixture of durations where you have people going to the gym, the, the average gym goer looking to have an overall training, uh, better improve their training and fitness uh, and health. So we're going to discuss some ways to improve in all aspects of that today. Tom? Sounds good, Fred. Well, I mean, this is how I got into nutrition, sports. Right. You know, I've told the story before about bodybuilding and wrestling and how I started sure. trying to change my diet and all this, this really got me into it. So, and I did the same thing for basketball fun. too. So back in 1977. So it was important back then to look at recovery back then. I know you didn't drink the lousy milk and egg proteins back then. I did. You I did, did yeah. and play basketball and play oh, basketball. I, I know <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> yeah. So what, what I'm going to do with this talk, uh, because there's some, you know, there's a lot of people that just want to work out and stay in shape and be fit. And then there's other people that are competitive athletes. The principles for both are the same. So I'm going to give you some easy tips, easy things to implement. Now, if you're just a fitness guy, you like to work out and ride the bike and, you know, stay in good shape. You might do a couple of the things that I'm going to talk about just to get a better exercise routine going. If you're an athlete, a competitive athlete, and you know what your goals are there, uh, you may want to do everything. Okay. So the different uh, fuel systems, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to break this up into three easy parts and uh, each one has a little crossover, uh, but we're going to, one's mainly one type or another. So the first type of uh, sports that we have are the pure explosive sports, very short in duration, but very intense. Now, that would include powerlifting, weightlifting, bodybuilding, doing the sprint, the shot put, right. you know, the hammer. Uh, they still throw the hammer. I, I guess. think they do, yeah. Yeah. Except yeah. for Thor, but other than that. Yeah, yeah. So very short, explosive type of activities like that. Um, so even if you just go to the gym and you want to just train with weights, that's considered a short. You know, you do a set. Right. It might take you 30 seconds. 40 seconds to do it, say, and you take a minute break. So those are short. Intense. Right. Mm -hmm. So what's critical to that is your main fuel source is glucose or sugar. All right. So now follow me. Where does this sugar come from? 
Some of it's in your blood. Your body uses that. And some of it is stored in the muscle as muscle glycogen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the liver has some glycogen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you go to the gym and work out or if you're going to, you know, you're in a powerlifting meet or whatever you're doing, those glycogen stores need to be at 100% or your energy output is going to diminish. Okay. Um, So in this case, like we're going to get into other activities because of the short duration of nature, fluid, you know, your fluid and electrolytes aren't going to be like the big problem. Right. Unless you just don't drink water at all, you know, right. which is going to affect your muscle contraction. But you're not going to be sweating and sweating and right. training over But deep being dehydrated is going to affect yeah, your muscle want, contraction yeah. too. But you so. don't, you're not going to be losing mass no. amounts right. of fluid right, when, when you're doing it. So you, critically, most of your carbohydrate intake and in these types of events, this is the only time that I will recommend you can actually have some simple sugars right before, during, and right after. So just around your workout. Now, what I'm going to be talking about, we do not do this if we're a diabetic, a pre-diabetic, or have severe hypoglycemia. Too dangerous. Yeah. yeah. The athlete can do that because you're immediately going to use that as fuel in, in the gym. Right. It gets and you're going to get better out. muscle contraction. Right. Right? So, so before, during, and after, more simple easily absorbed carbs. Now let's, let's go through some examples of what you could eat before. Like you're going to go to the gym and weight lift, or if you know, you're in a power lifting meet or whatever you're doing. I try to eat uh, something with extra protein in it. Also that's easy to digest. Right. What happens with, if you're just having carbs, that's good. If you want to make it a little better, you add some easily digested protein to that because what that does, that increases your insulin even higher. Now, my first two podcasts, you heard about, oh, you don't want to increase your insulin. Right. Before the workout, right. it's anabolic. Mm. Increasing your insulin before and during your workout, anabolic means it's, it builds muscle. Right. So that's definitely fine unless you're a diabetic. You're not mm-hmm. going to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I might have typically I'll have some Greek yogurt maybe some blueberries. If I feel like eating something, I'll have a protein bar with it. Or I might even put in some Golden Kashi Crunch into my my yogurt, which is a high protein, high fiber. It's really good. Right. I might have something like that, hour, hour and 15 minutes. When I go to the gym, it's digested pretty good. Right. So you're, you're, keeping, you're, feel okay. you're keeping fats to a minimum. Yeah. Because you don't want them interfering right. with digestion. So the worst thing, you know, I have people tell me, well, I go to the gym, I had, I had bacon and eggs. And t- <laughs> right. Well, first of all, just eating protein like that mm. does not give you energy. Right. And it's going to take four hours to digest it. Right, right, right. So you, you might as well forget about right. that. And for those of you, like myself, I, I train extremely early in the morning. I'm at, I'm at my studio at probably 5.30 in the morning because I have clients starting at 6 or 6.30. So I try to get my workouts in early. I tend to use more of a liquid protein, liquid carbohydrate Perfect. because – I, I can't, I just can't eat anything that early. So I have a cup of coffee. I'll mix a low fat chocolate milk with a protein powder, whey protein powder. Uh, gives me about 30 carbohydrates, 30 grams of protein. And, and then afterwards, I'll have a bar and like sneak some yogurt in and whatever during the course of the day post workout. Right. But we'll get into that type of No, definitely. Thing. There's times where I'll <clears throat> do a shake, particularly if I'm like in the summer, I'm trying to cut a few pounds and mm-hmm. you know, get the abs out. Mm-hmm. I'll have a protein shake. I might put it in some chocolate uh, soy milk mm-hmm. or uh, almond milk. Usually, I use, and it's within the half hour you're ready to lift. Right. I mean, it's pretty much in your system and right. it's in your bloodstream. Well, that's the so important. You're good to go. That's you know? the important part. Your body's not spending energy and blood going to the digestive system while you're trying to pump blood right. and, and and fluids into the into the muscle tissue. So there's that's why people get nauseous too. Sometimes yeah. their food just sitting in their gut. You don't want to be digesting while you're working out. Right. Exactly. That way. Yeah. So. I used to do a lot, uh, especially when I can be in bodybuilding, I would do uh, cooked cereal, cooked, cooked steel oats, right. you know, mm-hmm. I would have that. And then um, if I usually when I was concerned more about my amino acid protein intake, I would put a scoop of protein powder. Sure. Usually I would t- put like chocolate protein powder in you there. Gotta, gotta and it tastes good. <laughs> yeah. And I put some apple butter or something. You could put a little honey in there. Yeah. And you got like chocolate oatmeal. It's actually pretty good. It's real good. You know, you can have other, there's other different cooked rice cereals and things like that sure. you could eat. So sure. something that's easy to digest. Even if, you know, you go to the gym, let's say you're just going to go and you're going to do some weights. You know, you just train and you like to train and get a, you know, 
little tone going on. Uh, at the minimum, eat a piece of fruit or have some fruit. Right. And and to, to that point, as I mentioned in the last group about fitness, right, most people are thinking that you need to do aerobics on an empty stomach. That's always was a re- not a requirement, but a suggestion. It was, yeah, that was so. Popular. If you have somebody who goes going to the gym who's going to do a combination, just a nice strength workout for twenty minutes, half an hour, and then cardio right after. They're still good to eat that fruit so they can get the glycogen. Like, oh, they need it for they the need lifting. It for yeah. lifting, but it's not going to interfere because they'll burn that off prior to them even doing their aerobics. They're going to utilize that, that that glucose, right? So yeah. Well, what's funny is like a lot of people, guys, you know, they're interested in weightlifting. You know, they want to get stronger a little bit and that. And uh, well, what do you have before? Well, I train early. So what do you eat before you go to the gym? I don't eat anything. So really? So you fast all night. Now your blood sugar is low. Your glycogen's low. And then you go to the gym. When's the last time you went up in strength? Oh, geez. Maybe a couple of years. I, well, I'm like, well, I was guilty. I guaranteed you, you start. Ha- this will increase your strength. Output. There's no, no doubt. doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Because I, I, I was guilty of that. And you and I talked about this a few weeks ago. And you had to yell at me because we, because we, I, like I said, I'm leaving the house early and I'm like, the last thing on my mind was to, you know, eat anything. Yeah. I pack my stuff to bring with me, but the last thing I was going, no, but now I'll sip a shake on the way to, to work. And by the time I get settled in, get my stuff, right, I'm some ready fuel. to go. Yeah. So I that's actually a, made that's a, a simple thing a you can difference. do yeah. everybody, but that applies to the athlete too. Sure. sure. Same thing. So wait a minute, you're saying I'm not enough. All right. Like, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Sure. Um, the worst way to eat for explosive sports. And then we're going to talk about other stuff. Is a low is a low carb diet. Right, ketogenic diet is the worst. There's hundreds of studies on it with strength athletes and mixed strength athletes that it shows it diminishes your performance because it lowers your muscle mass right. and reduces your uh, strength output. You you lose you we, lose strength. Yeah, we talked about that extensively. In our yeah, I don't care what anybody tells you. There's tons of studies on it, and I went through it myself. I told you my body first bodybuilding mm-hmm. contest. Mm-hmm. I lost about 20 pounds of muscle on it. It was the worst thing I ever did in my entire life. So the ketogenic diet, throw that out. Right. You know, you need carbs. The process, uh, if you're interested, you can look it up. It's called anaerobic glycolysis. You use glucose for fuel, not ketones. That's secondary energy source. And and if you're trying to lose weight, body fat, don't be afraid of this either. Because, again, you're going to use this up real quick. Well, what you do if you're trying to lose weight, the rest of your meals, you have low... Low glycemic. A portion controlled, low glycemic. This is how I do it. Right. Portion controlled, low glycemic foods for lunch and dinner. Mm -hmm. Right. So everything's counted. If you're trying to gain weight, you know, some people want to put on size. Sure. You eat more complex carbohydrates. Now, your protein, let me just talk about your protein requirement because protein is critical to increasing protein synthesis. Mm -hmm. So you have muscle tissue breakdown and and then protein synthesis. Mm-hmm. Protein synthesis needs to be higher than the breakdown mm-hmm. to build muscle. So what they found, culmination of sports, if you're, if you're training pretty heavy, if you're an athlete for sure, you need – and you don't need to go over this. They found going over this, this level of protein doesn't give you much added benefit, yeah. even though bodybuilders tend to go way crazy with it. Right. Not me. I'm not, yeah. I'm not that much into me. So you need about 1.6 grams per kilogram of body weight. Let me give me an example. I weigh 220. So I divide 220, divide your weight by 2.2. For me, that comes out to 100 kilograms. That gives you weight in kilograms. So you take your weight in kilograms, multiply it by 1.6. So I take my 100-pound kilogram weight times 1.6, comes out to about 160 grams of protein. Right. Now, personally, I'm more of a plant-based kind of guy. So I have to do a couple of shakes, maybe sure. to get that in sometime. Yeah, but Other you, people can but you're also getting your protein sources from your carbohydrates. I count everything. Yeah. I count the and, beans and, and the lentils and, and I count everything. And carbohydrates are protein sparing, meaning right. you're using carbohydrates for energy. When you don't have enough carbohydrates, you got to break down protein for energy. It's a poor source and it's not going and to what is you waste muscle. You're, you're wasting muscle. It's not going That's to what's where it's ketogenic diet basically right. or right. a low carb diet. Right. So your sources of protein, uh, would be like whey protein isolate is probably one of your better ones. And you'll see it's high in what's called branch chain amino acids, leucine, isoleucine, and valine. So the amino acid leucine is a great stimulator of protein synthesis. So a good quality protein, whey protein isolate, casein is not a bad one. What I use, uh, I use the Ultra Meal 
a medical food. It's called advanced protein. It's from Metagenics. You hear me talk about them, but it was divine, developed for people with sarcopenia, loss of muscle mass, right. like due to cancer or illness. Sure. But it's a great digestible protein. It, it's a great protein for, yeah. for working out. That's a key component too. Folks. And the thing it's of it is, it's a pea and rice protein. It needs to be easily digested. Yeah. That's the important part. But what they do to make it better, they add branch chain. Right. So any of you guys that are athletes, now, again, after your workout is another critical time, up to 90 minutes after. You want to replace the lost muscle glycogen. So you want something with carbs and then you want need protein. Does it need to be simple carbs again or you want to eat more complex carbs so you can absorb? You can do either. It's you know, a combination if you just, of the if you two. Just, if you didn't do a shake before, like I'm not doing a shake before and after. I used to do that when I competed, but like I'm burnt out with it. But you can do a shake after with right. carbs. You throw some fruit in there. Yeah, yeah, if you want. Or you yeah. could have a mixed lunch with some nice carbs, you know, right. sweet potato and some protein and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do a protein shake, if you're an athlete, you may want to increase that a little. You can actually buy branched-chain amino acids and throw a scoop of that in there. That fortifies your protein powder. Right. So you get a little better bang for your buck. You mm-hmm. may or may not be interested in doing it. Usually mm-hmm. an athlete will want to go a little extra on that, you know. Um, so af- after that, the sources of protein, um, and I talked about the pea and rice, Okay. Now we'll get into, we're going to get into the under energy systems and I'll give you a couple of uh, pearls that I want to talk about. Uh, we're going to take a break. Fred, already we're taking a break. I know. Until All right. Fast. So All we'll, right. we'll be back in a bit. All right. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tom Mantos' Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636 or visit TomMantos.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody. Um, I just want to, as we were finishing up, and Tom and I were talking offline, just want to reiterate that when Tom and I are talking about athletes, you don't need to be a competitive, and the term competitive recreational, again, you can, anybody can utilize this process. If you're just going to the gym, you want to make improvements. If you're going to the gym and going through the motions, that's, that's up to you and that's fine. But for other people who are really looking to make improvements, this is a great way to add things to, again, you know, enhance your, your recovery and, and enhance your performance. Because if you're going there for improvement, this is definitely a, a way to add something in that's natural and it's very beneficial to you overall. Because you're going to get the nutrients you need, your body needs. Because if you're not, you're going to start losing muscle tissue. And that's really, that's working against yourself, basically. Right. So. Well, let me, one, one of my, I want to give you a little bit of a pearl. Uh, probably p- people have heard about creatine. Right. Creatine monohydrate and use that for training. Well, literally, there's thousands, there's been studies on this over 40 years. Well, on creatine. creatine used to get a bad rap in the beginning. Yeah, no, it's a, it's good. Yeah, yeah. because all, people, all people misused it. So what creatine is, is this, and it works specifically for explosive sports. And we're going to talk about some other sports, but specifically explosive sports. What it does is it refuels your high energy molecule that allows your muscles to contract and relax. It's called ATP. Do you want me to give you the long name? Go ahead. Adenosine triphosphate, but you don't have to know that. So ATP, it's a reservoir of phosphorus molecules that regenerate your ATP. So it increases strength output. If you're going to the gym and you want to, you know, increase your strength a little, it's fine to use. If not, generally I recommend it for all strength athletes. And I can tell you, since I've been taking the last two years, it is really, I go up a, a rep on almost everything and I keep real good records of everything. Uh, the way you do creatine, the one that I use 
is from biotest.net. It's micronized creatine monohydrate. 1920 bucks, it get 160 servings. It lasts me almost the whole year. And the way you do it is this. First, you load. So you take a scoop, which is about five grams in water for 30 days straight, whether you train or you don't train. After the 30 days, you only take a scoop in some water post-workout. So when you have a high-intensity workout or a weight training workout, you take a dose of it. So would you recommend that if someone's doing, say, uh, intense interval training too, like meaning cycling or running or whatever? Depends what their goal is. Is their goal towards more cycling or is it more towards short short endurance stuff? Even Mm -hmm. wrestling and boxing, it works good for Mm -hmm. that or sprinting. It's Mm -hmm. great for that. Mm But the longer and distance stuff, I haven't really found any. No, I don't mean long support. distance because I did use it with somebody as a, as a one off for somebody, an older person yeah. doing a, a training for a marathon. He took it every day. What he told me was that he felt it. It didn't help his running. It enabled him to recover from it so that okay. he could run the next day. So there was a plus to it. There. But he lifted weights too. But he, so he so trained twice he, a week. Sure. It but but, but it can, it, the combination. It, yeah. So it, that's. It didn't hurt. But I recommend, I highly recommend creatine. Um, if you go on biotest.net, there's a whole bunch of studies on there that you can read about it. You will find that creatine will put some body weight on you as well. Yeah. Right. It, it there's draws, a big uptake of water. It draws fluid into the muscle, not outside the muscle like you're retaining water, but right. into the muscle. So right. it'll put a little bit of weight. But it definitely helps the strength output. Well, well if, you, if, you're, if you're someone who's actually struggling on putting weight, I have a young boy who's 17, weighed 139 pounds. He was taking creatine for about 10 days, and then he's up to 144. So, and he's eating the same way, but his the creatine going up. Yeah. With it, he's yeah. improving his strength, you know, yeah. nothing, it was nothing crazy, but it's still, he's, you know, added another four or five pounds to his body weight. First thing I do as soon as I come home from a high intense, like a, a weight training workout, put some creatine in water, stir it up and just drink it. Now there's no the, taste to it. You're really. saying to put it in water. Does it have to, do, do you have to wait to eat again or have a shake? No, nah, I, I eat right after that. Cause usually I'm hungry. So the water just helps get into your system right away. Is that yeah. the reason why? That's yeah. That's okay. fine. Yeah. Okay. So the, the next thing we want to talk about is what to do for like almost purely endurance activities. Now, purely endurance activities would be like long distance running, cycling, like cycling right. triathlon, soccer, lacrosse, basketball, right? Some of the crossover you get because even in pure endurance stuff, sometimes you got to sprint. Right, like basketball, soccer. You know, sure. if I'm running a marathon, which I couldn't even walk a marathon, that ain't my You thing. can't drive a marathon. No. So, <laughs> If I'm last hundred yards, I'm neck and neck with somebody, I'm sprinting to the, sure. you know, so then you're going to use more of the glucose for fuel. Right. Otherwise your preferred fuel is going to be fat, fat right? Fatty acids. Mm-hmm. You got usually plenty of that. Mm-hmm. Right. But you do need to take into consideration that your glycogen should be up, especially in a marathon. You're going for so long. Yeah. You're going to use some of that for fuel and you're going to, you're going to use it up and, and burn out. So that's a consideration. But your biggest consideration for purely endurance sports is your fluid and electrolytes. That's what will kill performance. If you're dehydrated or your electrolytes are low, you got problems. There's no doubt. I, I like to cycle and I'll go out for a 20, 25 mile ride and I'll average about 18 miles an hour. So I'm doing pretty good. If halfway through I, I'm bonking, I just even take just a few sips of water and immediately I feel better. You know, I just, you get into the zone, you forget to drink your water sometimes. But if, if you don't, I mean, there's a, there's a huge difference between just refueling just with water, just a hydrate. Yeah. I'll show you how to do it a little bit better too. Uh, generally what's recommended is if, if you're training in the heat and you know, these, these marathon guys, like they run 10, 12 miles at a clip. Well, that's easy. That, yeah. Yeah. Oh sure. my God. Yeah. Right. That's not my thing. I can sprint, but I, I can't run 10 miles. <laughs> I can grapple, but I can't run 10 miles. You know? So Generally, what you want to do is your fluid intake, you should take about 16 ounces of water about 30 minutes before you run. And then if you're in extreme heat, one to two quarts of fluid per hour extra, mm. or you're going to get dehydrated. Right. There's no doubt about it, that, that long distance of thing. But what we want to look at is the electrolytes. I hate to say this, but most of the sports drinks they have advertising Garbage. are terrible. Yeah. Gatorade is actually the worst rehydration drink on the market. They just have good commercials for it. The reason is Gatorade has high osmolality. So when you drink it, it sits in your stomach. It doesn't go right into your bloodstream. You don't want that. And then it has 
a four to one ratio of sodium to potassium. It should be the opposite. Mm. Now there's no other electrolytes in there. People think there's oh, no magnesium in there, right? People think, oh, potassium, potassium. no, mm-hmm. no magnesium, no calcium, no mm. chloride, right. no phosphorus. These are all critical. The most, one of the most critical ones besides potassium is magnesium. Mm-hmm. Almost none of the sports drinks have magnesium. I'm going to tell you one that does and, and then how you can kind of remedy that. Magnesium is involved in over 200 enzyme systems, most of which produce cellular energy for your muscles to contract and relax and your heart muscle. Right. And as we Critical. mentioned before, it's magnesium glycinate. Right. Yeah. Because if you take in like magnesium chloride in a higher amount, you might have an accident. <laughs> you might be stopping at a port <laughs> Yeah, body. it might go through you. You don't want that. So the glycinate's well absorbed. Uh, but here's interesting studies. They did studies on triathletes and the Tour de France, and they found that not only were these – all the athletes were magnesium deficient, but they couldn't replete it no matter how much they ate food sources of it. Right. So they had to supplement mm-hmm. with it in order to get their blood level because they're losing so much fluid. Right. They just can't keep it in. Interesting in Europe, what they do, a lot of the European countries before the Olympics or before big sporting events, they will IV mm. the athlete magnesium mm-hmm. into the vein. They'll magnesium load them for three days with IVs. Right, but not only are you perspiring and losing nutrients, electrolytes, your muscles need those to contract. Massive. Right. You ever see marathon runners, their stride becomes real short, they can't, mm-hmm. or they get cramping. They get, spasm. Yeah. They get cramping. Yeah. It's magnesium depletion. Right, right. Do you know how many uh, marathon runners develop severe atrial fibrillation mm-hmm. after they run or they have a heart attack? Yeah. I and they got to drag them right to the hospital. It's from magnesium depletion mm-hmm. and potassium to some degree. Potassium right. is a lot easier to get into your we body. About Magnesium that. Isn't. We talked about that during our, our healthy heart is that there's a lot of scarring, heart scarring from long distance running because yeah. they're depleted in nutrients. Yeah. So massively with the electrolytes. So these are all important. So what's the, what's the best way? And then of course, when you're running long distance, if you want to do a little better, even if you're doing a 5k and you're like goal is I want to beat my time last year. Sure. Right. You should be ingesting not only fluid, but something with some a mix of carbohydrate sugars in there at the same time. Mm-hmm. That way it's delaying the fatigue mm-hmm. that you're getting. Mm-hmm. And if you can also get the electrolytes in there, I'm going to show you a way to do that. Then I'll give you a couple of home remedies. Okay. All right. So one of the products uh, from Metagenics is called Endora. And this has been around a long time. It has the best ratio of all the electrolytes in the right amounts. If you're getting a sports strength, you want at least 150 milligrams of magnesium glycinate in your sports strength. If you can find one, mm. they're very difficult to find. Mm. And uh, so what I do with the Endura, and again, Metagenics, you can go on my website, go on supplement store, hit Metagenics, and you can you can look at it and read it, read what's in it and everything. What I like to do with it, because they, they reduce the sugars and carbs in there for right. some reason. Yeah. I wasn't too happy about it. No, neither. But it is the best electrolyte drink. So now we got the problem. We need to add some glucose to it. Right. You know, and then it's perfect. So what I, what I have people do, they do two packs of Endora into 16 ounces of water. Mm-hmm. Add three tablespoons of honey. Honey is fabulous. It has just the right blend of complex and simple glucose molecules to give you immediate fuel mm-hmm. all the time. And you add that to the shake and now you can sip it. You might have like, you know, half of one before you go to the, you know, you do your run and then you can drink, drink it during your, your run. And right. Right. I mean, I used to just instinctively, I, I don't know, I might've read a muscle mag, mag about it. But when I wrestled through college and, um, and even in high school, 15 minutes before I wrestled, I would suck down honey, honey blossom, honey, a whole bunch of it, right? 15 minutes before, and would give you like a blast of energy. Sure. Now, you don't want to do it like an hour, an hour and a half because you'll come the time, crashing down. Yeah, yeah. your blood sure. sugar. So yeah. this all gets burned up well, as fuel the good immediately. Thing, and the good thing about Endora that's different than, than Gatorade and other drinks like that, it, it, it's easily absorbed into your gut. It has low osmolality, so yeah. it goes in quick. I have never, everybody who gets on Gatorade complains about stomach problems, gas problems, you know, bloatingness, indigestion, you know, because, it, well, first of all, they probably guzzle it too because they're in a desperate it's situation, junk. but it's garbage. I know, I know yeah. the NFL use it. It's, it's total garbage. Yeah. Well, you know, endorsements. Um, <laughs> now, so we talked about the electrolytes. Uh, 
generally, if you're running a marathon or you're running long distance, you know, whatever you're doing or biking, you'd like to get in 30 to 60 grams of carbs per hour. So if you use honey, one, one tablespoon is about 17 grams. So if you do two tablespoons, that's 34 grams of uh, carbs, mm. easily absorbed. Mm. That's pretty good. Right. Another way you could do it. Uh, I've done this in the past. I make lemonade. Like lemonade, right? Yeah. All right. Not too sugary, though. Well, well, you got to have some sugar with this. So I'll take 16 ounces in a big water bottle thing, throw in three tablespoons of honey. You could do two, but I like three. And then I put in about a quarter to a half a cup of fresh lemon juice. And that's going to give you the potassium. Right. Okay. And it tastes real good. It's like lemonade. Right. But you're drinking it as a rehydration drink. A hundred times better than freaking Gatorade. So let me let me let me help the endurance people out here with a question for you. When you're talking about using fat as energy, so what does somebody consume the, like the evening before? You know, you always hear about guys eating t- you know pounds and pounds of pasta. What's a what's a good meal the night before to actually help with fueling for the duration along with? Well, I'll tell you what. At the end, I'm going to go through like. Three nights before, the night before, okay. the day of. All right, we'll so, go through the whole. All right, we'll put a, we'll put a pin but in But here, here's the thing. You, you can only make so much muscle glycogen. There's no reason to eat like a bucket of pasta. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? If you're eating pretty good, you just need to make sure your, your carbs are up mm-hmm. and then have some carbs the day you're going to race mm-hmm. that's easily absorbed. Then make sure you're rehydrated because that's the biggest problem. Right. It's the rehydration problem. Yeah. With it, you know, um, protein requirements for more endurance athletes or around 1.3 grams per kilogram of body weight. So you take your weight, divide by 2.2, that gives you kilograms, and you multiply that by 1.3. And that's about around about what you need for protein to mm-hmm. recover because you do have an increase. Now, the recommended dietary intake for protein is quite pathetic, 0.8 grams per kilogram. So in college, when I went to Montclair State for you know dietetics, which I don't use any of that anyway, I would get in arguments with the teachers. I say, I'm because I wrestled up there, and I, and, I'm, and I knew different better. You're telling me an athlete like me at my size should only get 0.8 grams per kilo. I said that's what a sedentary grandmother takes in. <laughs> what do you talk? You know, and they they really didn't have an answer for it. Well, that's oh, what the RDAs tell us. Oh, you know, well, yeah, okay, whatever. Pyramids. So, so I, I get in so many arguments with people. It's not like you though. Huh? It's not like you. Oh, I, I argue my point. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know that. Um, now, so, 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 so just yeah, I was going to say. So just to to round up for the endurance people again, wh- you know, you got to how many carbohydrates do you recommend then in total? Like, so you want to up your if you're having a lower protein intake, you want to be able to have again, more carbohydrates during the course of the days. You know, you're training every day. Yeah. You're training every day. Don't forget too. Or a lot of people who run train at least five days a week. Your most your most important part of carbs is around your training, right? Which should be thirty to sixty grams per hour. But you want to post training, you want to eat more complex carbohydrates. Yeah, right. You, mean, want, you want your rounded, you want your if, meals to look good. With the, the, the if, if you're taking care of around your training, yeah, you don't have to worry about going crazy with the carbs later on. You kind of took care of it. You right. didn't deplete yourself, so then you could have your normal. Usually, like a marathon runner is not going to have to make weight on a scale no, you know, they're, no. they're usually but burned. they do want to keep their weight down so they can perform better too for yeah, speed for so. them you know for them i tell them have a balanced plate right half your plate vegetables you got to get those in quarter of your plate have a good complex carb like a sweet potato you could do brown rice basmati rice beans lentils legumes right any of that and then have and have the, the other part of your plate is protein that could be your lunch and dinner then worry about getting your fluid electrolytes and, and carbs in around like you training. said so just Focus on your main meals as healthy as possible. But that that yeah. pre, pre-workout or pre-run is going to mm-hmm. be important. We're going to need to take a break, Tom. We're we going are. To come back in a little bit. All yeah. right. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tom Mantos' Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. 
Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636 or visit TomMantos.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Now back to the program. All right, Thomas, we're back. So, folks, we covered the uh, explosive type training and what we're going to to consume for that and the endurance. And now we're going to talk a little bit about what we're, we're calling a hybrid, which is I mentioned the metabolic and the sports activities and fitness. This kind of all fits in there. So it's not so all just power all just endurance this is a mixture you, you'll too, get, yeah. yeah and you'll get all you'll get the gist of everything yeah so, so the, the hybrid kind of sports would be like football mixed martial arts you might watch ufc on tv that's one of my favorites uh wrestling boxing and jujitsu so you know i wrestled through college the last 12 years i've been doing submission grappling and jujitsu it's basically chokes and arm breaks and it's quite taxing uh but I will see in, in these sports, you're producing massive amounts of intensity with a little brief rest and massive amounts of intensity over a considerable time. Yeah, you can if go two or three ever, minutes for if anyone's, Yeah, if anyone's ever wrestled a six-minute match, it's brutal. Right. You know, so these sports, you need to take care of all the systems. You need to take care of maximizing glycogen critical, right? enough carbohydrates, fluid and electrolytes critical because you're sweating. I can tell you the practices for these mm. are, are like the wrestling practices we had were worse than the matches. They sure. were hell. Yeah. You know, we did, first of all, they turned the temperature up to 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. They think you're going to sweat weight off or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. 90 degrees, an hour of continuous conditioning without stopping. You wanted to drop dead. And we're not talking jumping jack conditioning. You're talking about physical, oh, really oh, intense. Oh, horrible. Which makes this these sports actually, from my perspective, very difficult to train people because these are the toughest. Yeah, ones because to train the, the amount of the amount of muscle energy, right, and 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 cardiovascular em- emphasis that goes into these sports, the combination of the two are at their height. It, it, it's incredible. Yeah. So in wrestling, the second half hour was nonstop grappling. Mm-hmm. If you ever grappled, most people like to come to our grappling classes, mm-hmm. they won't even make a five minute match. They'll mm-hmm. be, they'll be sucking. Even if they're, it's funny, even if they run long distance mm-hmm. and they try to grapple, which totally, they can't make no, it's it. It's a different energy it, system. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. But so, so out of these sports, the most brutal to train for is mixed martial arts mm-hmm. without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Even, um, the, one of the shows they had on where they had some of the pro football players come in and train with the mixed martial artists. They go, this is much worse than football practice. Sure. Pro, pro football players, yeah, right? Of course. So your energy output is 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 really huge. So again, you need to make sure you're taking care of your carbohydrates before you grapple. As I said, what I would do before a wrestling match, I'd suck down a ton of honey. Right. 15 minutes before I go out. Now we had other guys, right? Because everybody had to make weight. Right. But I used to go up a weight class. I used to tra- lift. Mm-hmm. So I did better. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys, they'd have to cut 10 pounds in one day. And you know what they would do? I watched them all. They would, they would eat a whole sub after they waited in Frank. And then they would go and, and get, make themselves mm-hmm. throw it up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is the point of this? Yeah. Well, I had to eat something. Well, that's just stupid, right? Because <laughs> you're not going to wrestle with a yeah, sub sure. in your stomach. No, you know what I right. mean? Yeah. But they did this all the time. Yeah. You know, it was just yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, so, again, and then, you know, we would get our water breaks. One of the things... When I do jujitsu, we do a five-minute match, take a break, and do another five-minute match. I might bring some of the Endora. I would put some honey in there. And between matches, after the first match, because I'm not a spring chicken, but I could still do a couple of matches, you know, I'm pretty beat. Sure. And I'd suck down a bunch of the Endora because we get a break. Yeah. You have to grapple somebody else. And I'd get, like, energized. Sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, other things you can do when I was in college, some t- we didn't really have the indoor. So what I would do is I'd, I'd go, I'd suck down, I'd bring some little bit, I'd suck down some honey and then they'd give you a break. you get some water. In you. Yeah. And that would keep you going pretty sure. good. You know, yeah. uh, uh, you know, what's, what did you do when you, you played? I played basketball. basketball. Yeah. I mean, and you think about it, you know, training is 
pretty much the same. So, you, you know, you ran a ton of sprints, you did a lot of drills. I mean, and even today they have these kids doing a lot of two, three hour practices on top of, you know, playing yeah. and everything else. I, I see a lot of kids getting injured for different reasons with a little bit of overtraining, but most of them are not properly. They don't have the proper nutrition. They are dehydrated. You hear a lot of stuff on TV, unfortunately, where kids are passing out. Some die from these football, football practices and it's, you know, water is not enough as we just no. were talking about. But, you know, thinking, you think that you have that big yellow jug of water out on the field in the middle of August when you're training for football is going to be okay. It's not, you know, they, they need to or address even the Gatorade. I, th- I think the last marathon they had that was sponsored by Gatorade, mm-hmm. they had the most people drop out. They're only allowed to drink Gatorade. Yeah. They had the most people drop out ever in a marathon. Mm-hmm. This is stuff. It yeah. sucks really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just marketed well and they make money. Off right. Of it. right. It's basically like co- drinking Kool-Aid with some yeah. sugar and salt. Added well, it. you know, it's been popular. Uh, yeah, I know. Is, uh, well, aside from that, you know, the spinoff has been, you know, the big thing about chocolate, chocolate milk after workout, low fat chocolate milk. And I, I at first I kind of poo-pooed the idea and I'm like, you know, it's not terrible. You know, it's, it's, if, it's, you know, if you can tolerate, if milk. you can tolerate milk, yeah. it's accessible. You yeah. know, they have those little portable containers. I actually use those myself. I use, um, organic horizon. They actually have uh, essential fatty acids in them. And, and I pop one of those, like I said, on my way to, to, to work out at, at my place. But for somebody like me, I don't grapple, but I do strength train a few days a week and, and, mm-hmm. and I like to cycle, as I mentioned earlier. And there's a difference. Like, so you're strength training and then you have the next day I'm doing endurance things. So my diet really stays the same. It's really going to just change as far as hydration for one activity to the next. Yeah, for weight training, you don't nearly, you can have a sip of water. You don't really. No, but what I'm saying is as a pre workout thing, yeah. you know, and post workout, really they kind of fall now when i'm riding i like you said i'm, I'm gonna sprint here and there too i'm beating a light i don't want to get hit by a car i'm going up a hill there's a lot of muscle you know work going on but not to the degree you have at grappling or at lifting right. weights but so when you're looking at all of this together you have to kind of you know intel, intel intellectually evaluate what you're trying to do what you're trying to accomplish if you do anything at least drink water <laughs> and and don't dehydrate yourself and then well, take it to the next step here's the thing if you're doing a lot of endurance stuff or you're doing the hybrid sports. Yeah. If you not don't have an electrolyte drink with magnesium in there and you're not repleting it. Yeah. Take magnesium glycinate four to 600 milligrams every day. Right. Without fail. I take FF. And you should be on a high dose multi because even wrestlers and all that, they've done studies. They're deficient in almost sure. all the vitamins sure. and minerals. A lot of them are cutting too much weight. So you get an insurance package, you take, but you need to take that magnesium separate every right. freaking day. Right. But like I, we said earlier in, in the podcast, you don't realize that your muscles are using all these electrolytes too, along with right. your losing it in fluids. So the combination becomes deadly in some cases, literally. To so, so I'm wondering, you know, some of these case, cases where you see these football players, these mm-hmm. kids, and they drop dead of a heart, heart attack or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. That's got to be, you know, these kids are, in, are young and they're in they're good 17 shape. years old. So you're thinking magnesium, potassium, mm-hmm. severe deficiencies can put you in a heart attack. Sure. You know, yeah. there's no doubt Your about body's it. seizing up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, uh, it's, it's crazy. So, but things have changed. When we were younger, you just didn't really, you, you know, what was pre-workout drinks back then? A cup of coffee? You yeah. know, I mean, energy bars and things like that. You need to be careful what you pick too, because you don't want to get a lot of things that are going to cause gastric distress. You don't want to drink things with artificial sweeteners in it. Like Gatorade. That, like Gatorade. <laughs> you really well, don't they, like Gatorade. Yeah, they have preservatives <laughs> and colors and stuff. <laughs> I think you're emphasizing Gatorade a yeah, lot. You, I, you actually I, sound like a commercial. I hate Gatorade. I, I, kind of, I kind of gathered that. But you do want to keep with natural sugars if you can, and you don't want to go with coloring. And again, like everything we've mentioned before, you want to stay with quality products. So just because you see something that says potassium or magnesium, don't just grab it, see what the compounds are. But you and I have talked about this too. Uh, coconut water for for a while was making a big push because of the sugars and potassium. It lacks magnesium. Well, it has some, <clears throat> a it little has bit, some, but not, not like enough. A huge amount. You really need to supplement it, right? You know. So, so yes, to to your point about man about magnesium, you're not drinking. You're not drinking uh, Endora. Do you take the magnesium the night before on the empty stomach, or do you wait to? Just, how take, do you, just take it every day. Just take it every Doesn't day. Doesn't matter when you take it. Okay, so you don't need to have it in your drink. 
it's better if you do. It'll load your cells intracellularly. It'll load it. So you make, make sure that you get it in every day because you're just going to start losing it the next day of training. And I will tell you, I used to take about 200 milligrams of magnesium and upping the magnesium has actually helped more. I go four or 500. I feel the mu- there's not as much muscle cramping. You know, so like taking it every day you're allows still the body. a little muscle cramping. You're, you're still off. You need, right. You, you need, need a little bit more. Up a little but, bit. but that's the thing is when you're exercising like that and you're replacing it day to day, that's an important aspect. That's part of the recovery part that people don't focus on. You know, they'll sit there and go, how did I perform today? That's really important. But the recovery helps the performance too. Yeah. Your recovery is the whole key. Now, yeah. number one for that is proper sleep. You know, proper sleep and rest. Yeah. Getting enough sleep. I need at least, I mean, I do train, I train hard, you know, I need at least eight to nine hours of sleep. If I don't get it, I got to take a nap. Mm. You know, that's because you're old. So I'm doing something. Oh, shut up. I am not. <laughs> well, but, but, you know, you do need that. Sure. You know, I'll, I'll come home from a really heavy leg workout and say I'm off that day. If I didn't finally got seven hours of sleep because mm. my cats got me up early or something, I need to take a nap. Yeah. And I feel good. Right. It's only, you know, half an hour or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it does recharge you. Sure. Yeah. Most people don't get good quality sleep. Uh, one other thought that I had, though, real quick, we were talking about the creatine. So the creatine for the short explosive stuff, but creatine for the hybrid sports that I talked about. Yeah. Big time. Big time. You know, the first studies done with creatine were on racehorses. Really? About 30 something years ago. And it improved significantly improved the time consistently in racehorses when they loaded them. Now, here, here's the thing. P- people ask me, well, Tom, can I get creatine? I read that it's in meat. Yeah, well, it's right? cooked out. No, well, right. no. Well, you'd have to eat to get five grams of creatine, which is the dose. Mm-hmm. You'd have to eat a five, six-pound steak every day. Easily done. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> take about six days to digest it. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> here's a question about the creatine then. Uh, post-workout creatine, right? Best way to take it is post right after the workout, yeah. Any studies on pre-workout? They compared it. Mm-hmm. They found that the um, post-workout had a significantly better effect on uh, muscle physiology than uh, pre-workout. And here's another question. I remember doing this when I was younger, branched-chain amino acids. You should take them prior to workout as a, a quote-unquote energy to your muscles? Nah. No. All, it does is, all it does is boost up protein synthesis. So mm-hmm. the, the ideal time to do branched-chain would be um, after a workout. Right. Again, for absorption. So you can mix that if it's not in your protein powder. You can mix that with your creatine too. You can put it in anything. Right. Yeah, yeah. Put it. In, I, I've done that because mm-hmm. I, I would use the branch so, chain when I'm trying to cut weight. My calories are down, and I'll add that into creatine. Take it as soon as I get home. So, if you have a protein powder, a good whey protein powder that both you and I use, the NutriBio, right? Uh, that's one of the best rated. Yeah, yeah you can yeah. get it online. Yeah, I got a big five pound thing of uh, chocolate peanut butter. Okay, I got. Uns- I actually, but it's really good. I, I actually really got, good stuff. I, got to, I actually got the unflavored one. And it's actually quite good. I mix that with uh, a little bit of uh, organic low-fat milk, and I pour that over the kashi cereal. When I know that I'm going to go do something the next day that's a you know bigger event for me, I'll add that extra protein and those extra carbohydrates. So I'm getting branched-chain amino acids. I'm getting the extra protein. It's easily digested, and I'm getting that's the carbohydrates. Yeah. Well, what I do, because when I – starting in January, I start cutting weight again for my, my – I like to get ripped every year for my vacation. gives me something to do. But I'll notice I'll be like 25, 30 – something gram short on my protein it's nighttime right. and i'm like i just i don't feel like eating no meat or eggs or nothing mm-hmm. and i'll make a really good shake with some chocolate i might put you know some ice in there and blend it up one of those shakes is 25 grams of protein right. and there you go i'm, yeah. I'm right where i should but be do you need to yeah. add the branch chains to those to, because they're in you the don't need to right. if you want to get a little extra bang you can, you can. Mm-hmm. i think what you had said um and i remember I, i'll do this is i'll add the branch chain to my create my yeah. uh, creatine right. and drink it just as soon as i Right. So now I'm taking care of a couple of things. Sure. And, and then yeah, I'll, and I'll wait no, a little while and I'll have something to eat. And usually, there's, usually there's no want, calories there either. None. Right. So no. right. I think 25 for the branch because yeah, they, okay, fla- you know, they have the flavor. Sure. Otherwise, it tastes miserable. Right. You make it palatable. Yeah. yeah. So covering all these bases, essentially, you know, calculating your, your grams of protein roughly. Again, you need to eat enough carbohydrates to make sure that you don't use protein as fuel, as energy, because you're just wasting right, especially it. Especially around your workout. Especially around the workout, which is really important. And then go, you can go lower. Yeah, because most people start to cut carbs. Everybody's like, I'm cutting carbs. I'm cutting carbs. I can't stand listening to that anymore because cutting carbohydrates is like one, to me, is the big, it causes a host of problems for people. Three, four days, if I go low carbs, my lifts go down. 
But even the, every time I ever try to do you're it, not getting I any, never do. I hate it. But you're not getting any fiber. You're not getting yeah. anything. You're not getting, and again, you're using protein as energy, which is a horrible source of protein. Yeah. Right? But you you know, eat, I'm you sorry. Know. I hope it's a horrible source of energy. You don't want to break your protein down. You want right. to go to the only, the only time that you, muscle. and I didn't mention this, the only time you use some protein for energy is endurance events that last greater than two hours. Which is a marathon for a Which is a people. marathon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For me, I'd be running 10 hours later, so I'd probably use it more <laughs> if I'm still running. But, uh, th- yeah, that's that's for sure. Right. Now, the, what you, what you want to do, let me just go real quick. If you have a big event, let's say you're going to have a big race or you're going into a triathlon or you're going into a 10K or something, first of all, you're cutting your training down. So you want to maximize. So eat good complex carbs mm-hmm. for three days at least. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get your magnesium in, stay hydrated. Right. All right, get enough fluid. Now, you want to avoid, I would avoid dairy products in general. And that's one of the rules because that produces more mucus and can actually affect your respiratory sure. system right. when, you're, when you're running. So cut it out for three days right. if you do drink it before you run. All the gravies and saturated fats and fried food. Clean, clean, get that clean. Because what they do is they cause your blood to coagulate more. So you get worse oxygen delivery to your muscles. And those types of things. Okay. Right. Good advice. Yeah. Didn't think about that. Okay. Let me f- quickly finish up with a, a, a little a health quote from uh, Anne Wigmore, who is a, a naturalist. Her quote is this, the food you eat can either be the safest and most powerful form of medicine or the slowest form of poison. Hope you guys enjoyed yeah, the show today. Was, uh, yeah. That's a good one. We'll talk now, to you next time. Well, next, next time we're going to do one on preventing aging, staying young. Okay. So this is going to be a real good one. Next podcast. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening this week to Tom Mantos Speaking of Nutrition with co-host Fred Bornicola. We have new episodes every week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us again soon as we continue your personal journey to better health.